Hello and welcome back to Global Value. In today's video, we are going to be performing a fundamental stock analysis of the Procter & Gamble company, ticker symbol PG. Procter & Gamble is tied with Dover and Genuine Parts as being the longest running dividend king. To be a dividend king means that you have to be a part of the S&P 500 and have increased your dividend payments for each of the last 50 years. In the case of Procter & Gamble, Genuine Parts, and Dover, all three of the companies have increased their dividend payments for each of the last 66 years. So these are almost unprecedented track records, and these are some of the strongest track records of any businesses overall in the world in terms of their dividend payments. At the time of recording this video, Procter & Gamble is trading for $146.67 per share. Year to date, their stock price is down 10%, about in line with the overall market. Over the past year, their stock price is up about 3%. Over three years, they've compounded at a rate of 7.5% each year. Over five years, that's about 10% compounded annually. Over 10 years, this drops to about 8% compounded annually. And over the past 17 and a half years, the Procter & Gamble company since the global financial crisis has compounded at a rate of about 5.5% annually. Keep in mind that this is not including the dividends that they paid out in each of these years. So Procter & Gamble is currently trading snugly between their 52-week high and their 52-week low. They're a very large business. They have a $350 billion market cap. For background about Procter & Gamble, since its founding in 1837, Procter & Gamble has become one of the world's largest consumer product manufacturers, generating more than $75 billion in annual sales it operates with a lineup of leading brands, including 21 that generate more than $1 billion each in annual global sales, such as Tide Laundry Detergent, Charmin Toilet Paper, Pantene Shampoo, and Pampers Diapers. Procter & Gamble sold its last remaining food brand, which was Pringles, to Kellogg in the calendar year of 2012. Sales outside of its home turf of the U.S. represent about 55% of the firm's consolidated total revenue, with about one-third coming from emerging markets. Procter & Gamble's business also includes a plethora of other well-known brands such as Olay, Old Spice, Gillette, Crest, Oral-B, healthcare products such as Metamucil, Pepto-Bismol, and Vicks. In their fabric and home care, they also include Downey & Gain, as well as Febreze, Mr. Clean, Swiffer, Cascade, and Dawn. So Procter & Gamble's business is at no loss for well-known products. The Procter & Gamble company was founded in 1837 and is headquartered in Cincinnati, Ohio. So for today's fundamental analysis, we're going to be performing a modified version of the eight-pillar analysis popularized by Everything Money, taking a look at eight key financial metrics of the business, to come to a holistic and beginning understanding of Procter & Gamble based off their fundamentals, then we're going to be using a discounted cash flow analysis to come to a potential fair value for the business. So let's get right into our analysis. Starting off with pillar number one, we want their average PE over the past five years to be below 22.5. Currently, they're trading at a 25 times earnings multiple. Over this time frame, they've traded at a high of up to 87 times earnings, likely due to a write-off passing through their earnings between July of 2019 and August of 2020. They've also traded at a low of about 19 times earnings, and overall averaged out, they've traded at a multiple of 35 times earnings. So this is higher than that 22.5% metric we were looking for, and this is going to be an X to start off on pillar number one. Pillar number two, we're looking for an average five-year return on capital that's above 9%. So 
So over the long run, over the course of decades, a stock is going to return approximately what its underlying business returns. And these business returns are going to be captured here by return on capital. So Procter & Gamble has done a great job of steadily increasing their return on capital over this time frame. The business has continued to do better since the global pandemic. And overall, they produce returns on capital that are about 19%. That's more than double what the average business is doing. And that's very impressive for a company of this size and scale. Pillar number three, we're looking for five-year revenue growth. Procter & Gamble has grown revenues from $67 billion in fiscal 2017 that ended in the middle of 2018 up to $80 million in fiscal 2021 that again ended the middle of this year. This is going to be another check for revenue growth on pillar number three. Pillar number four, we're looking for five-year net income growth. Net income is this column in white. So Procter & Gamble has grown their net incomes from $9.7 billion in fiscal 2017 up to $14.7 billion. And then as mentioned in 2019, the business did take both an impairment of goodwill as well as an asset write down, which affected their net income over this time frame. So this is another check here on pillar number four. And so far through four pillars, we're three for four. Pillar number five, we're looking for decreasing shares outstanding. When you purchase a share of stock, what you're really buying is a fractional ownership percentage in that underlying business. When a business is buying back stock by decreasing the number of shares that they have outstanding, they're increasing your ownership percentage in that business, which ultimately increases your percentage of the business's profits that you're going to be entitled to without you having to spend a dime. So over this time frame, Procter & Gamble has decreased their shares outstanding from about 2.6 billion shares outstanding in fiscal 2017 to about 2.5 billion shares outstanding in fiscal 2021. So this is going to be a check here. They bought back about 4% of their shares over the last five years. Next up, pillar number six, we're looking for five-year free cash flow growth. Free cash flow is cash from operations minus capital expenditures. It's this column here in green. Free cash flow is the lifeblood of any business and can be used to pay dividends, buy back shares, pay down debt, make acquisitions, or reinvest back into the business. A business's abilities to produce free cash flows discounted back by some reasonable interest rate is ultimately what that business is going to be valued at. And in fiscal 2017, the Procter & Gamble company produced $11.1 billion of free cash flow, and that has increased in fiscal 2021, they produced $13.6 billion of free cash flow. So this is another check on pillar number six. Their free cash flow profile is about as steady as it comes for any business. And over this time frame, they're producing about $13.3 billion of free cash flow in a given year. So we're gonna use that number coming up here on pillar seven and eight. Next up, pillar number seven, we want their net debt, which is long and short-term liabilities minus cash and short-term cash equivalents to be below their average five-year free cash flow multiplied by five. So this is gonna help us evaluate whether the business is utilizing too much leverage. We don't wanna be investing in companies that are overly levered because they're at the greatest risk of failure. In the case of Procter & Gamble, in the middle of this year, they had $25 billion of net debt, which means that it would only take them two years of producing average free cash flows to be able to pay off all this debt. That's a strong sign here, and that's a check on pillar number seven. Based on their abilities to produce average free cash flows, the business is not utilizing very much debt at all, which bodes extremely well for Procter & Gamble's overall financial health. Again, this is a very strong sign to see here. And through seven pillars, we've got six checks. Finally, the big pillar of them all, pillar number eight, we want their market cap to be below their average five-year free cash flow multiplied by 20 to give us a reasonable starting point 
for evaluation of the business. So currently, Procter & Gamble has a $350 billion market cap. When we multiply their average five-year free cash flow of $13.3 billion a year times 20, that's only going to bring us to $266 billion. So we're off by $84 billion here. This is going to be an X on pillar number eight. It might make sense to justify a potentially higher average five-year free earnings multiple here. However, that 20, so that 20 times metric is just a starting point. And if you dive in and learn more about the business, you'll understand if a higher multiple makes sense here and is more reasonable. But again, that's something you're going to have to determine for yourself after doing further work to learn more about the business. Then, as mentioned, Procter & Gamble is tied for being the longest running dividend king. They have 66 years of consecutive dividend growth. So it's no surprise that here, looking at their dividend profile, they've increased their dividends per share in each of the last five years. And over this time frame, they've also grown their cash flows per share. While they are paying out closer to the high end of what we would want to see for their dividends per share versus their cash flows per share, they've still got a lot of breathing room here based on their cash flows and based on the overall quality and reliability of their business. It looks like their dividend, while it might not be shooting the lights out in terms of potential future growth, is likely able to be sustained for a long time into the future based on the fundamentals of their business and their financials. So currently Procter & Gamble is paying out about a 2.5% dividend yield, which is higher than the overall market. You can add that return each year to their overall compounded annual return, assuming you would have been reinvesting these dividends. And Procter & Gamble goes from performing below average to being one of the most stable and steady performers in the entire stock market. Then finally here, we're using a discounted cash flow model to come to a potentially fair value for Procter & Gamble as a business. We're using a growth stage here that's in line with Procter & Gamble's historical averages. Since 1990, the company has grown free cash flows at a rate of 10.5% each year. So if we assume that historical growth continues over the next 10 years, so then we add a terminal growth stage for 10 years after that with only a 4% growth rate, assuming that that growth rate gets cut in half, then you could reasonably expect to earn about a 5% return by purchasing Procter & Gamble at, at today's valuations, assuming you held the business for the next 20 years. Keep in mind that this return would be including dividends, so we would not be double counting dividends here, and that these growth rates are based on their historical metrics. These are assumptions for the future, and you have to determine whether you think that these are reasonable or not to believe that this is a fair value for the business. If you were trying to get a 10% rate of return on Procter & Gamble based on these same historical growth rates and numbers and these assumptions, you'd have to wait for their stock price to decline to $89 to reasonably expect about a 10% return over the next 20 years. So keep in mind that this is all based on these historical growth numbers. So these are assumptions you need to validate one way or the other. So in summary, the Procter & Gamble company checks the box on six out of eight pillars. The business's fundamentals look very strong. They're earning high returns on capital. They've continued to grow revenues, net incomes, and free cash flows. They're also slightly buying back shares, and their balance sheet is in a very healthy position. Increase their dividend payments for the last 66 years, making them a leading dividend king and they're only off on our valuation metrics. As we found out through our discounted cash flow analysis, if you think that those historical assumptions are accurate and applicable for Procter & Gamble's growth into the future, if you would purchase the company at today's prices, you could reasonably expect about a 5% rate of return going forward into the future, including dividends. If you wanted a 10% rate of return based on those same assumptions, 
you'd have to wait for an $89 stock price. So again, keep in mind that those are assumptions that you need to validate one way or the other to believe those numbers. This type of analysis is a holistic and beginning analysis of the Procter & Gamble company as a business based on their fundamentals. It serves as a starting point to determine whether you want to dive into the company deeper and learn more about the business. The best way to do that is to read through their 10K and annual reports and to read through their earnings call transcripts to come to a deeper understanding of the business as if you owned 100% of it. This analysis is not financial advice and it is not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Before investing in any business, please consult with the proper legal and financial professionals and do your own research into a company. Don't go off of any assumptions without validating them for yourself. So with that said, that's it for today's fundamental stock analysis of the Procter & Gamble company, ticker symbol PG. If you enjoyed today's video, please be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, and comment down below what business you want me to take a look at next time. Thanks for learning about Procter & Gamble with me today, and have a great day.